<laughs> love how you love me. If I'm made for you, you're made for me. Tell me what we're gonna do now. <coughs> Alright, hi guys, and welcome to episode 10. I'm so excited. <gasps> We've been consistent every single Friday. Gosh, if you're listening in real time, happy Good Friday. And those of you who've been observing Lent like myself, yeah, I'm sure, of course, it's relieving, but I really hope it's been an awesome experience for you. Hey, yeah, I'm getting right into it. <laughs> Cute intro. Hi, friends. I'm glad you're here. This is Whole and Some, where we love life and intend to live it fully. I hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired into wholeness and there'll be sprinkles of lightness and hope to your life in this season. I'm your host, Karira Laura. Happy listening! See, the thing is, I've been having a love-hate relationship with this intro where I'm like, is this intro too long? Is it, <laughs> is it, uh, I don't know. I just know that I, I could easily just change up this intro very soon. Um, but ideally, I think I would want to change it up when I close this season one or something. I don't know. We'll see. But generally, I think I've been going through some love-hate thing with the entire podcast where I'm like, eh, hey. Is the name is the name too deep and too maybe I should have just come up with a random name like my tiny little podcast because that's ideally what it is or I don't know <laughs> I mean I'm really enjoying this whole podcasting experience until I get out there and meet some of you or talk to some of you or receive your feedback and I'm like oh my god it's not supposed to be such a big deal it's just my tiny little podcast where I'm just sharing my mind, my thoughts. I guess that's just how awkward it can feel sometimes when people get into your vulnerable space. Um, <laughs> yeah, you feel a little naked <laughs> and shy. Yeah, I think I've been in that space with my podcast. But man, I'm really enjoying and I don't know if I can say it enough. Um, I'm enjoying this experience. I day by day realize how much it means to me to just do this yeah to just do this it's it's good stuff and i was having a conversation with a a new friend of mine who's also in the podcasting space and we were just talking about yeah this kind of stuff how um and yeah we're conversations conversations easily just get you in a vulnerable space and there are moments when you want to share your podcast with the world and then then and then when it's out there in the world, you're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I don't want that many people to listen to it. Oh my god, I said this in there, and then I said that in there. <laughs> but hey, that's that's really why, I don't know, for me, that's really why this podcasting exists. Hey, today I'm really all over the place with my segments, so did you know? Did you know if it were possible to take a full scan of all the DNA of every cell in and on your body, the results would be startling. Only 1% would be human. The other 99% comprises all the bacterial, fungi, viruses, and other microbes you literally cannot live without. Hmm, a 
guys. It's really good times in here. I hope you enjoyed last week's uh, episode. At some point, I was like, oh, I hope this won't be too jargonous with all the fitness. You know, when people who are like enthusiasts of a certain thing sit together to start to talk, you can literally bore the entire room. <laughs> so I was, I was just hoping that that wouldn't really feel that way. So I really hope you picked a couple of nuggets and were motivated to get moving, Um, do something about your fitness. Not necessarily at the gym, like I said, um, but do something that will keep you taking care of your body, keep your body moving and all that. I personally think it's very, very, very important. Um, so I really hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for your continued encouragement, feedback, engagement on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It means a lot. And um, I guess the most chaotic, <laughs> quote-unquote, conversation we've had on the podcast so far is... Um, in the conversation with Worms, there was the conversation on body count and everything. And it sort of aligned with the WWLD question we had on episode 8. And um, we continued the conversation on my pages. And I must say that really for me with these conversations, and I guess this is the thing again that puts me in this place where I sometimes feel, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this type of thing with my podcast, is... I don't, I'm not intending and I don't really like to be viewed or seen as, and I know this is now a whole other kind of worms I'm just opening, but I don't really like to be viewed as like a, a what, um, <laughs> religious or spiritual voice per se, such that like, whatever Laura says is like the end and be all and because we have a tendency as Christians also to do that. Like sometimes we align too much with a certain person because of what they say about spirituality and religion. And we hold on to that so much that we lose out on the aspect where we're supposed to do this searching and growing at the end of the day on a very personal level. So I'm just here doing my thing and <laughs> sharing my views. Um, I'm not trying to... Um, I'm also figuring it out as I go. So as I was approaching the body count conversation, really for me, it was like, eh, yeah, let's talk about this because it's real life stuff. But also, I know we're not really going to have one answer to this. And I think that's something I was trying my best to highlight. Some, for some people, it's very important for them to know. For other, for other relationship situations, it's a necessary piece of information to have because of history or whatever. But I, I don't know, for me, I just think for most of us, it's these are the kind of things that sometimes religion tells us to push to know. And yet, then what? Then where does it go from there? You know, most of the times it only just creates more difficulty. Though I think for me on a very, very personal level, as one of the things I'm really just learning in my life is, or I'm finding myself wanting to color, color off the lines because I'm feeling like things like love, when you put too many boundaries on it and too many street lines, it becomes, I don't know that you're really able to have the full experience of how versatile and how random love can be. And sometimes we just kind of crunch it up into a tight space and make it a little difficult to experience when we have a long set of rules that we've given each other. Oh, you guys must share your body counts. Oh, you guys must go to therapy. Oh, you guys must um, do this, do that, do that. 
there are those important things which I think um, are commonly agreed upon, but then there are this other gray, 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 gray area stuff, which, yeah, I guess at the end of the day, the point is to just talk about them and spark each other's minds on these things to see um, what we can learn from each other, really. So, yeah, that's a point for me. Um, I want to learn from you, and that's why I try to open up the conversations because I don't also want to be rigid about my own opinions or perspectives. So that was a very interesting conversation and I don't feel like I've finished it in my head and I also felt like it just left at a cliffhanger on my socials or something. <laughs> because it's, yeah, it's one of those ones that never end. And interestingly enough today, um, I don't even know what I'm going to title this podcast episode, but I wanted to talk about love. Um, but before that... It's Good Friday, and guys, I've been, I've, I did Lent, so let me explain. You know, when you hear Lent, um, I know most people think Catholic. I'm, I'm, I'm not Catholic, I've not been raised in a Catholic background. I've been raised in a Methodist background, um, in the Methodist Church, and yes, the Methodist Church acknowledges and appreciates Lent. We're taught about it, you know, we also do Holy Communion and things like that. Um, though I don't know that there's any other denomination that follows Lent as strictly as as Catholics. Um, because for us, you know, it's something we're encouraged to do, but it's not as strict, really. Um, so for me, on a very personal level, I just decided to take up Lent. And this is not something I'm stumping as something I'll have to do every year, but I'd love to. I'd actually love to do Lent every year. Um, uh, last year, I did it and now this year i've done it those 40 days um commemorating the great sacrifice just meditating on all that um, but for me it just boils down to putting myself in a space where i'm j- I, I i i i customize it a bit because you know now i know when it when it comes to how the catholics do it there are very particular rules for me, I customize it a bit as to what exactly I'm giving up and, you know, how I'm going to go about it and everything. And then I just do that. And the aim for me is to align myself spiritually and get into a very meditative, contemplative, deep kind of a space in my heart and in my mind about my life, about my practices, my habits, my issues, my situations, my my needs, my prayers, my desires, you know, just going to a very deep place within myself to think about my life from the place of how I am here because I am loved, I'm wanted, and <clears throat> I I am, I matter. I matter to my creator and to the grand scheme of things. And being a believer that, you know, God has loved me despite how broken and flawed I am. Uh, for me, as Laura, it's it's greatly significant for me to just really take some time to meditate on that, um, do this in remembrance of me kind of a situation. And I love it. I love it. So yeah, I took up Lent and yeah, happy Good Friday to all Christians. It's a beautiful season and I hope you get to enjoy it with your loved ones i'm doing lunch with my family today my dad specifically wanted chinese 
I see what to do about that. <laughs> but yeah, so today like I said, I want to talk about love and um to be genuinely honest with you, man, love for me is the one area in my life that demanded the most out of me growth-wise. There are a lot of things that I did not know about myself. A lot of things I did not think I'd ever do or ever say or ever imagine or ever have a problem with or, you know. There are a lot of things I just basically didn't know about myself until I fell in love and came into this space where, yeah, love is a very deep part of my life. Like, ooh, so... In the last couple of years, I'd say maybe four years or so, is four or five years, there's been just a gradual growing up happening <clears throat> from a very deep part of me because of the things that have been unearthed from the process of me falling and being in love. Because if you really think about it, for me, how I see love, and this is why when you when you when you understand my perspective you'll kind of see why for me some of these conversations like again um if i can use the example of the body count conversations when you understand my perspective about love you'll see how for me this is why i think some of these conversations are just here to complicate things because for, i genuinely think that love is the most simple and most beautiful thing but also a very complicated thing and what makes it complicated in my view is the fact that it's two grown adults, <laughs> you know, coming together, bound by something intangible, something so intangible, because love is a very intangible thing. Love is not, love is not a set of rules. Love is not the amount of money you have in your bank. Love is not uh, something even years of therapy can teach you how to do. Love is not even something that's taught. And if you've ever been in love, you know what I mean. Like, Sometimes you sit down and ask yourself, oh my God, this heavy, intense feeling I have for this person, what is it informed by? And that's the point you realize it's not even informed by anything. It's a very intangible thing. It's just something crazy, something just deeper than anything that can be explained. And that's the only thing that's binding you to this other human being because you're not related by blood, ideally, as it should be. You're not um, working in the same office. You're not... I mean, like, there's nothing else, if you really think about it, tying to you, tying you to each other other than love. Because when we talk about, like, family, there's the blood tie, which is what sometimes forces us to love our family. Because some some, some for some people, family is a very difficult space. But family, blood ties force you to love them. But these are, like, stranger. <laughs> it's all something just intangible just love that's binding you to this person so that's the thing that makes for me it makes me see how simple love is but it's also complex because now you two are coming in with your histories with your different viewpoints with your different ways of going about things with your different ways of handling money and one day you become parents and realize you guys understand parenting differently and oh my god it's just an endless cycle i'm not married but i can imagine how you marriage ideally is you having a relationship with one person until 
death do you part but in reality you're having a relationship with different people or rather different versions of the same person because people human beings keep evolving and keep growing and all that so anyway for me i just really have found and met a lot of my emotional and psychological and deeply internal growth from being in love and um this is me just bringing you into one of the ways one of the many ways which you know we'll possibly explore more and more on this on this podcast but one of the many ways i've had to mature is in how i i would deal with my partner doing something that i do not agree with or something that hurts me because initially when my partner would do something i wasn't impressed by i would as a very first thing take it personally <laughs> always did that um i take it personally and for me it was just simply how could you do that to me <laughs> it's not even like uh how could you do that in the first place it's how could you do that to me you know like i'm nice i'm good i love you i'm i'm all this and you're doing this to me so i take it so personally and that would hinder me from seeing that people don't do things because of you they do things because of them and in an ideal situation what you would possibly want to do is try to understand why they would be okay with doing such a thing or why they'd sleep up and do such a thing rather than take it as personally as oh my god you you do that to me <laughs> cuz that way it just becomes all about you and you will not really understand the other person and where they're coming from with what they're doing so i take it so personally and and then i'd end up just making a mountain out of a molehill and honestly if you told me this um a few even months ago that i'm making a mountain out of a molehill i'd be so offended <laughs> i'd be so offended because it's a mountain to me you cannot tell me that it's a molehill it's a mountain to me but I guess part of what I'm just I'm learning is some of these mountains we are the ones who create them in our own head by making the issue a lot bigger than what it is and it's because I was not able to separate myself from my partner's action um when say he fails to communicate about meeting me at a certain time and I go ahead to make plans to meet him and then he bounces or something and then I'm like why would you bounce why would you bounce on me and you know this is probably just nothing to do with me as a person maybe he just has a tendency to not communicate when he's under high pressure or something so I I didn't have the maturity to rationally separate myself from the action and just see hey what was that about what why would you bounce what made you bounce you know can we talk about it so that we see how to deal with it in future should something like this happen brah let me tell you i would take this situation from as far back as when we first met or even before we met and i'm like you have always done this you know even the first time you did this you know even <laughs> Bruh. and i just came to a very interesting space of maturing into a different understanding of seeing this thing but first let me do health check and then i'll tell you about that 
Welcome to Health Check with me, your personal nutritionist, just checking on you. And today I have a simple and basic one. I just want to share with you why you should be mindful of your nutrition when you are young and healthy. Why I thought to do this is because most people think that nutrition is a matter of when you're sick, it's a matter of when you're older, but really if we're able to take actionable steps and intentional steps to care for our health while we are young and while we have no medical issues, assuming that you may not have medical issues at this time, when we do that, then we're securing a better future for ourselves health-wise. So the first thing would be, it's definitely better to start early. Good nutrition and health practices, practices is a lifestyle. So when you start early, you build that into your system. It becomes something very seamless for you to do when you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s. Because most people imagine that, you know, the kind of conversation of like, when I get to my 40s, I'll stop taking sugar. No. If you just start reducing your sugar intake slowly, 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 by the time you get into your 40s, it's much easier to release that habit because, you know, human beings are creatures of habit. So when you just start to employ these simple habits into your life day after day after day and learn that early enough, then you stand a chance to have a better lifestyle and a better quality of life. And the second point for me would be, you know, you have hereditary dispositions, some of which you're not aware of. And this is actually a good point to encourage you to, as best as possible, understand your family medical history on both sides of your family. Because most likely some of these conditions will pass down to you, especially if you're not mindful. So if you realize most cancers, you know, are down a particular hereditary line, diabetes um, is hereditary, uh, hypertension. This lifestyle diseases, most of them, it's, it's, it's something in the genetics that messes up at some point in your life. So it's good for you to know what you're susceptible to, what you could possibly, possibly, because again, it's not that family history is 100% guaranteed that you will get a certain illness because your father had it or your mother had it, but it means you're already susceptible it's a great, a great contributor to health conditions. So when you have hereditary dispositions, it's important for you now to take charge of your health from as early as you know. For example, for me, it's in my family, high blood pressure. Uh, on, my mother, on my dad's side, on my mom's side, there's also high blood pressure, but there's diabetes as well. So some, some of these things is just healthy to know as early as possible. Take care of you and when you, of yourself and when you know, then you're mindful to nip it in the bud. So if it's diabetes, for example, you know to be very, very careful about your sugar intake, your carbs intake, um, your insulin levels and all that from as early as possible. You're able to research on the disease. You're able to just figure out how can I best take care of myself so that this does not get to me. As a third point, I would say nutrition affects a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot more than you see, a lot more than you imagine. So if you're able to just do your best to be healthy, to eat healthy, to exercise, to sleep well, to hydrate from as early on in your life. It improves a lot of things. It improves your quality of sleep. It improves your productivity. It improves your mood. For us ladies, it makes things a little more manageable, easier when you're on your period. And if you're able to um, 
realize some of the things that help you help nutrition wise for your period then you you have a little bit of it's generally not an easy time but you know you get to have a little bit of an easier time around that time of the month so nutrition affects a lot of things and so the earlier you're able to adopt healthy practices into your life then again like i said earlier better quality of life um you'll be happier you'll be more wholesome good quality of life and lastly you will pass it down because something healthy that you take up and works for you you will definitely want to encourage it to your kids to your friends to the people in your life so that they can also live a better life and you see at the end of it collectively then we're building a healthier community a healthier society a healthier world so i'm really hoping that this this tenets are making sense to you and are going to start you up to really really think long hard and considerably about your nutrition and your lifestyle it's important for you to do it at 20 at 19 at 25 at 30 the earlier you start the better so at one point it wasn't really one point it's it's a, it's a it's a learning that came to me gradually and slowly i reached a point where i realized that i don't really care what my partner does hear me hear me on this what i care about mostly is the fact that i would hope that he'd care about what he does rather than me taking on the burden of caring about his actions what he will do what you know i don't want to live my life on edge about oh my god there he goes he's about to offend me oh my god i know uh, he will do what he did last time like anticipating error i don't want that to be my burden anymore i i released completely released that burden and this was part of me unlearning control i would never have imagined that i was a control freak but it's interesting how control doesn't have to be dominant and heavy. Control can be so subtle. And I think that's how it used to show up for me. Like, I used to be so bothered about um, what will he do? What will he, you know, kind of anticipating offense or anticipating. And so by the time it's coming, I'm so charged up to fight. Yeah. So I learned that and I just decided that I don't, I don't care what you do. What I care about is that you care about what you do. And because all I want is to be in your life, you know. I don't want to control your life. I don't want to dictate your life. I simply want to be in your life and to communicate my needs and my my boundaries, my concerns. And hope and trust that because you care about me, you will take my needs into account as I do the same. Because you care about me and because you have willingly chosen. Because that's the other beautiful and amazing thing about this whole love thing. Really, it's a choice. You're not glued to anybody in particular for most cases, ideally, other than where arranged marriages are a thing. You actually deliberately choose somebody. So why choose me to come and subject me to your very rigid ways of doing things that is not love 
the hope here is that the person you love will choose you and therefore be self-responsible enough to care about their actions towards you every other day, every other moment, in every other situation or instance and care about you enough to accommodate your needs, your concerns, your boundaries so that they don't have to keep stepping on you and hurting you. So for me, what, what, what I'm just sharing with you today is a shift in my mind that came when I realized that I was putting my focus and energy on the wrong thing. I was putting my focus and, and energy on how could you do that and wanting to control my partner's actions. And while yet my focus and energy should be on myself and how I'm making room for him, how I'm accommodating him in my life. And just to simply observe that he is actually making conscious effort to honor me, honor my needs, honor my reasonable needs and boundaries. And at the end of the day, I think that way you live better with this stranger that your heart chose for you to do life with. Um, and of course now, as a part of it, is it's, it's very important to communicate your needs open-endedly. Um, you cannot expect that somebody knows what you need and want and don't appreciate out of the air. And conflict... One of the healthy things about conflict is how it it gives you a chance to understand each other's boundaries and understand the thing that hurts the other person. For example, for me, my love language is gentleness. You can be saying whatever you want to say, but if you if you're not saying it gently, then I'm not able to hear you. And the only way for me to express that to the person I love and the person that loves me is if at any point I feel they're not being gentle, then I should be able to say, could you please, could you please say what you're saying in a, in a lighter tone, you know, with your voice not raised or something, you know. So it's upon us to be responsible for our own well-being by communicating our needs to our partners. And same goes for other relationships in our lives. And I think from there, then you just, Leave, leave it up to them once you've communicated. And this is where hope and trust comes in, where you leave it up to them and say, hey, I've communicated that for me. This means a lot. And you leave it up to them with a hope and a trust that they love you enough to create a healthy space for you in the relationship and to create a life for themselves with you in mind now that you're in their lives. And a life that you can be part of with your needs and your wants and your concerns and your all that stuff. Everything that you come with. I guess this is just to say that love, a big part of love is accommodating each other really. And what then can we term as a toxic space or a difficult space? I guess it should now be that point at which you have very openly and gently also communicated your needs and this person is not honoring them but when you do what i was doing where you've not communicated your needs or your concerns as they come 
you've not communicated your boundaries as they come and so whenever they are sort of you're stepped on it just blows up rather than taking it as an opportunity to get your partner to understand how much this means to you you just judge them completely for doing that in the first place you judge them completely for say in my example raising their voice it's a bad thing to raise your voice but you know you you completely um it's a sort of an attitude that assumes that you're going to one day just wake up and fall in love with someone who already has all these factors in place it's just been coded right into them how to love you but i'm learning that you actually over time teach your partner how to love you another question becomes are they willing to learn are they willing to adjust their lives for you and so i guess the point at which you probably say that this isn't working for me is when you're trying your best to get your partner to understand this is how i would love to be loved this is how i'd love to share life with you and then they're not willing or able to adjust and this goes for you as well because you also need to create that space for your partner yeah you are who you are based on a lot of things where you've come from you're probably 25 when you're meeting this person you have a whole 25 years of your life when this person wasn't in your life and now that they're here it becomes a matter of slightly readjusting to accommodate their presence in your life by learning what are they about what don't aren't they about what don't they like what uh, you know like um i think i'm one to not know how to process my thoughts on my feet immediately in that instant so when i when a conflict arises and i'm just first of all just think trying to consolidate in my mind what exactly is happening i don't usually have words to speak so i i didn't used to um I would, I'd sort of do a silent treatment thing where it's not like I'm abandoning you in the fight it's just that I don't have anything to say right now yet I'm still processing what's going on and and actually the reverse would be when I when I push myself to say something in that instant I completely say the wrong things because I just don't I have not processed whatever is going on so in accommodating my partner I just had to learn to communicate that i'm not ready to talk yet could you give me like a couple of minutes or uh, we will be sure to talk about this before the day ends or something you know just communicate that you know i love you and i honor you and i appreciate that you want to talk about this now but i'm not ready yet so you know it's about i think creating spaces that accommodate each other and hope that you'll be mindful that you have someone else to think about hope that your partner will be mindful that they have someone else to think about because clearly by the time you're falling in love and choosing somebody it's a very clear register register it's a very clear component that you have added to your mind that it's no longer just about me in my life i have someone else to think about someone else to consider So all this for me comes round to me revising my 
tendencies, habits, and issues as they come. I'm really keen on the as they come because um, I don't know that you can sit down in one instant with your partner and align everything at once. I don't, I don't really know that that's possible. And I am pro-therapy and pro-counseling and things like that for couples. But counseling and therapy are tools to help you along the journey, not for you to sit down together and in an instant align everything. So I'm very keen on as they come because, <clears throat> like I said earlier, we are continually evolving. As human beings, we are continually growing, learning, unlearning. Sometimes it, we grow in reverse and sometimes we go back to a better place, you know. And your part, you and your partner are not growing at the same pace and way and level and you know so man this thing is really about accommodating each other really um it's really about accommodating each other it's really about keenly having it to the top of your mind that i have someone else in my life to think about as i do this as i say this as i make this decision i have someone else to think about i cannot afford to be selfish but then again, you cannot afford to control your partner. You want to trust that they will be self-responsible as you become self-responsible. That was a big learning on my part that I have me to work on and that's already so much work. <laughs> so why should I be burdening myself with working on my partner and his flaws I should just hope and I know hope yeah hope it's a very up in the air unseen kind of a thing but that's what hope is because at the end of the day you can never really know what a grown human being with a brain of their own and capacity of their own can decide to do tomorrow they can decide to up and leave they can decide to yeah, change their mind on things so really again love I believe fires on hope just a hope that this this human loves me and because they love me they'll do their best and now the next time you're in conflict you realize that you're approaching it from a place where instead of coming at your partner you're coming to them from a place where you you trust that they mean well for you but they were blundered so what was that about and you're more accommodative and in a better place to handle conflict wait I have rambled and that's the end of the podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, that one I was really processing as I was talking, but I just thought to share that on the podcast today. Now I'm just going to rack my brain as I edit this about how I'm going to, to, to title this episode, but hope you picked up something. Yeah? Yeah? Guys, have a good Easter weekend. Lots of love. God bless. Oh, um, I don't have anything on WWLD on this episode. <laughs> you guys don't have problems, which is a good thing. But yeah, just in case you have anything that you'd want me to chime in on, I'd be excited. So share your questions with me on my social media. Bye. Trust you enjoyed listening and thank you for staying to the end. We connect on the next episode. Meanwhile, why don't we stay in touch? Please follow the podcast page 
at wholeandsome underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And my personal pages at Laura on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Laura 6 on TikTok. On the Whole and Some page, we extend the conversations we have here, as well as indulge in more thoughts and musings. Thank you so much. Catch you later. Love.